Hey there. Welcome to another Tesla Motors Club podcast. My name is Lewis. I'm Doug. And I'm Mike. On today's episode, hey we're going to cover a wide range of things. We've got FSD camera upgrades. There's an interesting interview, um, Andre Carpathy on the uh, Lex Friedman podcast. Uh, Ford's giving up on full self-driving. Elon finally owns Twitter and more. Coming to you on episode number 25. Starts now. Alrighty, we are here. We're at it again. Had a little bit of a break. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. Doing very well. Excellent. And we got Doug's special treat for us today. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Not just two talking heads. You have a whole three talking heads. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, lots to cover today, so let's jump right in. Um, FSD camera upgrades. So a uh, little, little news broke about Tesla upgrading some cameras for FSD folks for free. Uh, this is not the new and exciting hardware for cameras, which have already leaked and we know are coming probably next year. So those are going to be those sexy new five megapixel cameras. Um, so these are still the current, uh, you know, 1.3 megapixel, whatever they are cameras today. Um, but it looks like some folks that had older hardware and had upgraded, had done like the hardware two to three upgrades and things like that. Um, Tesla's now offering to replace their cameras. Uh, and the expectation is that they'll then be able to get into FSD beta because there's a number of folks that have been in the program signed up that aren't actually in beta, most likely because their cameras are too old. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was pretty exciting. What, what do you, what do you think about that, Mike? Are you surprised <laughs> that they're doing this? Why do you think they're upgrading now? Like what's the, well, I, I, I think you're you're correct that you've got older hardware that people need to upgrade. I mean, the original cameras were like 1.3 megapixels. <laughs> I mean, pretty poor resolution compared to what they're doing now. The upgrade cameras are five for hardware four, mm -hmm. you know, pretty significant update. Um, Those will be nice. But it, it's it's interesting because I, I just replaced the two side marker cameras on my car for light leakage issues. And even though they're the same gen of camera, the new ones I put on are a better quality. They, they changed something on the camera. So I can only imagine what the, the new shiny new 4.0 hardware is going to be like. Yeah. I mean, new cameras are always nice. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where that, whether they end up, but I'm glad to see at least Tesla is continuing this concept of upgrading. So we have more evidence that they are willing to upgrade and retrofit folks that have FSD um, so that's probably why they're jacking up the prices. <laughs> um, I wonder if, you know, it maybe looks like we might be getting a, a wider rollout soon as, as Elon has mentioned in the past. Um, but I don't know, uh, you know, cause if they, if they upgrade these folks cameras, you know, maybe it'll make the wider rollout more, you know, easier to do. Is that the only thing that is, uh, lagging on those, uh, vehicles? I yeah I mean well I, I think the primary thing when That's it comes to question. right like they, they upgrade folks to hardware three right so you have the new uh, MCUs you have the new uh, FSD computers um, so I think the the camera sensors are probably the main the but main I can't thing. imagine that they change the cameras behind the glass like that would be pretty expensive so what what specific cameras are we talking about just side the repeater cameras the side, or the side marker. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not, only those then. I'm not sure. Like no one's posted saying these are the cameras they replaced yet. 
Um, so all we know of is that it's probably the ones that we've seen, like the side cameras um, and the, you know, because we know that they can swap those out pretty easily. Yeah, um, those are the only ones I think are are easy to swap. Maybe the tail, I, but uh, you well, know, besides the, the, that. The pillar, the pillar ones aren't going to be easy. You yeah, the behind the glass. Apart, so. And the ones behind it, the glass on the windshield. It'll be interesting to see if hardware four, if they actually do upgrade all those cameras or not, right? I would, I would imagine that they should if they're really going for higher megapixels and wanting better resolution, but maybe not. Maybe they don't need it from those cameras. Um, hmm. But I don't I, know. I can't imagine that they would. I mean, I'd like them to, like for me, who <laughs> has a 2018 so, Model 3, but uh, right. yeah, I kind of so doubt. The, that the cameras that I put in place are actually out of a Model Y 2022. Mm-hmm. And what I've got now is I've got clearer picture, you know, during the day. And I've got a much better picture at night when they crank up the gain to to kind of compensate for the low light. So, so there's less noise, as you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish that also that they're changing cameras that they would, you know, give us some a true color, you know, something that's meant for humans to look at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Good I mean, luck with you, that. If you're doing all that. And give us that bird's eye view, uh, you know. You're, you're kind of stuck in that bird's it's, eye view, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why it's not be possible. feature parity with, uh, like, everybody else? <laughs> it's, it's possible we may get the bird's eye view in the future, right? Because at this mm-hmm. point, it's mostly a software thing. Um, but, yeah. So, I, I could see next year with hardware 4, maybe they We're going to see Doug Tesla out. with a camera duct tape to the top of the car. <laughs> <you know? laughs> uh, I mean, maybe. Especially if they're – are they going to – especially if they disable my uh, my ultrasonic sensors. Uh, right. You know. <laughs> I want that. Well, yeah, Amin brings up a good point. He said, goal one is AI for FSD. Goal two is hardware that can see through any weather condition. Last week, and it rained so bad that the Model Y autopilot disabled due to visibility. I, I, I just had that. I mean, it wasn't rain. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. I had dew on the car, and I went and pulled out of the driveway, and the first thing is I lost the right side camera because of obstructions, which was all the dew on the side of the car. Yeah, I mean, vision's great when it works, but it can't see through things in the way. I, I had mine shut off on me this week. I did a lot of driving with FSD this week because we had a big work event in Austin and the uh, it worked great most of the time, but I did have one point where it started drizzling a little bit and I was surprised FSD kept going. And then all of a sudden I was like, nope, disengage due to weather. I was like, darn it. Oh. Um, but what's funny is it within a few minutes after that, like I no longer, like it seemed to be getting better. I was able to turn it right back on. So yeah, I only lost a few minutes, but can can you imagine with snow? You know, yeah, snow builds up on the lens, and now you're kind no, of stuck because I mean, iced over. That's, that's you know, I've never had that issue. I, I think that front uh, camera is heated or something. Uh, even when I look at my car, like you know, parked and it's covered in snow, there'll be a little window, a little window cut out. <laughs> yeah, a little window from. Uh, but, and it might be unintentional. It might just be that that unit gets hot when you have uh, you know. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, sentry mode on, and that just right. kind of has a side effect. But uh, <laughs> they probably do heat it, especially so it doesn't fog up. Right. Yeah. So DW said uh, or asked the question: Will all new manufactured cars have these new cameras? I'm waiting for my VIN number for his YLR, uh, which is due in December. So the cameras that are being installed today, these upgrades, are the cameras that are already being installed in cars today. So your car would have these cameras. 
um, when we're talking about the hardware for cameras, um, it has been rumored, it did drop that um, suppliers are already shipping the hardware for cameras to Tesla. The question of what, when those what will show up that, in the vehicles, we have no idea. Yeah, um, no proof. And no so proof it'll basically just be a cutover where one date suddenly those cars going forward will have hardware for cameras. It's possible Tesla may only put them in the Cybertruck, right? They may mm -hmm. not even put them in the S or the oh, Y. Now, or now you're just being mean. I, I mean, you, know, you never, you never know, right? Like that, it may. That, that's what's been, you know, rumored that the the Cybertruck will be delivered with with hardware for. I'm curious about the semi. Like, has there been any word of what sort of Thomas features are available for the semi? I haven't or, seen anything specific. Yeah, haven't heard a yeah. thing. I mean, it sounds like waiting for a lawsuit kind of thing. Uh, well, I, I know the cyber that gets in a. Uh, so the semi was approved for sale. You know, they they came through and they approved it for sale now, but I haven't heard anything about the feature set. Yeah, that's interesting. Electric Ant mentions uh, phantom braking. I'm an outlier, I guess. Since December 2021, only a few minor speed decreases. I use autopilot weekly. Drove 940 miles with no phantom braking last month. Um. Yeah, electric. I haven't experienced much phantom braking. I had one incident in since I got my car. Um, I've put eighteen hundred something miles on it. I've used autopilot for most of that, and I've, yeah, I've not personally experienced. Well, only had one phantom braking. Incident. I haven't had phantom braking. Like you know, last night it wasn't phantom braking when it slammed on the brakes for the bicycle, even though he was a quarter mile away. <laughs> you know, so. Well, well, I just mean it deciding to stop. <laughs> My, mine is not like slammed on the brakes. I've had it slow down a little bit. Like I've, I've had, yeah, it, you know, yeah. slow down where it's like, you can see it's coming up on an intersection or something, or it gets a little cautious. Hey, have you, but I've have not you had, had the, like a bam, I'm hitting the brakes, like emergency braking. Have I've you had, had the that shuttle long. up and down acceleration where like, it can't quite make up its mind if it wants to speed up or slow down at the intersection. Um, I've had it slow down a little bit and then speed up, but I've not had it cycle between. Yeah. I, I've got two intersections that will consistently cycle when I come up to it. There's just something about it that kind of throws everything off. I've, yeah. I've had a number of the sort of hard braking events. Typically, I can tell why it's doing it. Like there's a stop sign. It's not for me. It's for, you know, some other angle. But uh, but it sees it for a moment. And it, it'll, it'll figure out that, oh, it's not for me. Because it'll slam and then let go. But <laughs> still, I worry about the person behind me. And, uh, check. And, you know, I mentioned in, in the pre-show that, in the pre -show that uh, I can't imagine they haven't quite fixed yet is when I'm driving along and there happens to be a flashing yellow light for whatever reason. Uh, talking like the little flashing yellow on the uh, road uh, work signs. It, it might be a work sign. It might just be, you know, alerting me that there's an intersection up ahead, yeah. you know, a bunch, something. Of, bunch of things, but it's just a flashing yellow light and the car will slow down while the lights eliminated and then sort of speed up <laughs> while it's not eliminated and slow down. And it's like, yeah. okay, but you should know that there's a difference between a solid, yellow light and a flashing yellow light and uh you know yeah you i mean my, we have that problem a lot here uh near where i live in austin they have on the side of the road the like trying or the diamond sign with the top and bottom flashing yellow so it like alternates between them uh, just to tell you there's an intersection coming mm -hmm. and what will happen is the car will just start slowing down like it's the intersection mm -hmm. and right. it's just like no can Come on now. So you just <laughs> please kinda have to, yeah, please please drive. So I usually that I'll hit the accelerator knowing that that's gonna be an issue. Um, yeah. So at least there's a reasonable, you know, response for that. You can just sort of step on the accelerator a little bit, uh, which is yeah. what I'm doing all the time actually when I have that when I'm yeah. using uh the FSD in town. I had somebody get really pissed at me just I don't know, two nights ago coming up to a 
a roundabout and it's a yield and it, it likes to treat yields like they're stop signs kind of, and <laughs> you know, and I'm yeah. just, I'm just kind of going with the flow and then someone's really angry behind me. It's like, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Me- Amin mentioned he got pulled over for not having front license plate, man. I also have no front license plate and I am expecting to maybe one day get pulled over for it. Sweet. But until then, I don't care. I'll I've, just I've keep paying. My, the I've tickets. got my front plate. I've got my little carbon wrap frame around it. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> nope, took my took mine off. First thing I did to modify the car. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised, Lewis, you didn't get one of the um, the decals. Or at least here in California, you can get a decal of your plate, and it's legal now. It doesn't have to be a physical plate sticking oh. out. I, I mean, I, it's dumb. not the sticking out. I just think it looks stupid. Like I yeah. just don't want it on the front of my car. Why? Right? <laughs> It's I, it's funny because I see like when I was going to car shows in the summer, we had a couple car shows here at Coda, um, the Circuit of the Americas, the Formula One track, and they um, lots of people that with their nice cars have like license plates and these little clips that they like put in the yeah, windshield. Yeah. You can pull it on and off, yeah. And so you can like remove it. And what's funny is my so my wife's car. I my first experience with this in Tex- Texas was her front license plate came off. And I was putting in the windshield and I started getting pulled over by cops going, that's not allowed. And they were trying to ticket me for having it in the windshield. <laughs> I took it out of the windshield and I never put it on the front. And then for two years, I never got pulled over or mentioned by anybody. I feel like putting in the windshield, you're yeah, asking like, for attention. So I just don't yeah, have Yeah, you're one drawing attention to something. Yeah, that right, right. Want. So I just, <laughs> I don't have it at all on my car and I haven't had anyone bother me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I. I, I missed the days when I had my uh, I had a sports car in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania does not require front plates, so I didn't have one. And when I moved to New York, they made a whole big stink about it. And I finally I ended up adding like a temporary front one. But uh, I haven't yeah. been pulled over for it, but uh, I have gotten a couple like fix it tickets from meter maids for it. You know, they, they got nothing better <laughs> yeah. to do. They're already there, and they oh here's something <laughs> we can tack on. So. Looking for something to tag tag mm-hmm. you for. Right, that's fair. Alrighty, so I'm, I'm surprised, Lewis, you haven't gotten the electronic license plate for the back. They're, not, they're only legal in Texas for commercial vehicles. Currently. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, they, they just made them legal for commercial vehicles. When they do make them for normal, I'll, I'll probably have them. Um, but if, you, if you're ever driving around uh, Austin area and you see a Model S Plaid, my license plate spells out physics because that's how much nerd I am. <laughs> of course it does. So, uh, <laughs> an object yeah. in motion stays in motion. That's right. <laughs> and I, you really feel the physics when I hit the accelerator and it goes. Um, all right. So uh, we had an interesting interview um, on the Lex Freeman podcast, which uh, if you don't listen to Lex Freeman podcast, he has a lot of interesting guests on there. He does. So I highly recommend it, for at least for the guests you're interested in. This one I was interested in, Andre uh, Carpathy. He's, uh, you know, very famous in machine learning world. So I've read some of his papers. I've known about him for years. He was the director of uh, Tesla. Yeah, he he worked at Tesla. So he worked in OpenAI and, you know, did all that kind of stuff. But he he worked at Tesla as the director of their, you know, machine learning FSD group. Um, And he just recently left earlier this year. For those that don't remember, he went on a sabbatical and then decided he wasn't coming back. Um, but still on good terms. He did, he did talk in the interview a bit about he would be open to coming back and yada, yada in the future. He's still very much on good terms with, uh, with Elon, but the, um, there was an interesting clip. The reason I'm, we're mentioning this is not to, uh, to not to advertise Lex Friedman's podcast. Cause he certainly doesn't need the advertisement, um, is to, there was an interesting section 
where uh, he spoke about the removing of sensors and like pulling out radar and pulling out the ultrasonics. Uh, Lex hit him with this question, and he had a he had a kind of an interesting re response, um, which I think we'll play a clip right now so you can see what it was, and then we'll talk about it. So here he is. That these sensors are an asset to you, yeah. But if you fully consider the entire product in its entirety, these sensors are actually potentially a liability uh, because these sensors aren't free. They don't just appear on your car. You need suddenly you need to have an entire supply chain. You have people procuring it. Uh, there can be problems with them. They may need replacement. They are part of the manufacturing process. They can hold back the line in production. Uh, you need to source them. You need to maintain them. You have to have teams that write the firmware, all of the all of it. And then uh, you also have to incorporate and fuse them into the system in some way. And so it actually like bloats the the a lot of it. And I think Elon is really good at simplify, simplify. Best part is no part. Mm -hmm. And he always tries to throw away things that are not essential because he understands the entropy in organizations and an approach. And I think uh, in this case, the cost is high and you're not potentially seeing it if you're just a computer vision engineer. And I'm just trying to improve my network. And you know, is it more useful or less useful? How, how useful is it? And the thing is, if once you consider the full cost of a sensor, it actually is potentially a liability, and you need to be really sure that it's giving you extremely useful information. In this case, we looked at using it or not using it, and the delta was not massive, and so it's not useful. It's so, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts on that? I know what my thoughts are. I'm curious. Doug, Doug, yeah. what your thoughts? So, so, I mean, you know, just so people know, he was talking about the removal of... Uh, of uh, radar and and now with the removal of the ultrasonic sensors um and uh you know it sounds very elon you know the best part is no part uh you know later he talks you can about see why they get along <laughs> later he talks about you know vision you know being uh uh necessary and sufficient right <laughs> so it's so you know it's just enough and good enough uh i guess is how they're looking at it that's fine. Uh, I still want my ultrasonic sensors. <laughs> um, I, you know, uh, we had uh, James Locke on, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I liked his approach to it. It's like, well, we want it to be superhuman, right? And how is it superhuman? Certainly, it can have superhuman processing. You can give it cameras that are superhuman too, uh, that maybe look into the IR as as, uh, as well as visible. Um, but I, you know, I kind of like having other modalities as well. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, radar, ultrasonics, and and uh, you know, I, I think the reality is that they need to solve the problem that they have, and they're just trying to solve the simplest problem and trying to actually get to that MVT, MVP, that the minimum viable product that they don't quite yet have for level four. Uh, yeah. And maybe once they get that, you know, maybe they can start adding back in that stuff, but. You know, I I'm happy to have ultrasonic sensors separate from FSD. You know, I just want them for my own aid when I'm right. actually driving. Right. Right. What about you, Mike? What do, What do you think about so, uh, his take on it? <laughs> my wife and I were actually talking about this interview today, and I took the position that I think he's right and I think he's wrong. I, I think he's right short term. That yes, there are supply chain considerations it adds overhead to building whatever it is you're putting the sensors in it adds or it can add noise to the compute you know try to sort all that out and you have to have a team of people kind of working with it that's great 
But later on in the interview, he says, you know, well, humans have used their eyes for years successfully driving. There's no reason we can't use vision successfully driving. And I'm paraphrasing a bit. Sure. My, my first thought about that was, sure, we do. And in the, in, in the aeronautic world, aeronautical world, we call that visual flight rules. And that's because humans are kind of dumb and blind at night when we don't have good illumination. We're dumb and blind when you can't see beyond your car's hood because of fog, rain, snow, whatever the obstruction is. And the different modalities of different sensors comes into play heavily right there. As, as Doug was just saying, you want, your, you want your car to be superhuman. You want it to be better than you are. And just having something the same as me doesn't give me a warm fuzzy when I'm doing 70 miles an hour down the freeway and it's foggy. I'm sorry. That's, that's yeah. not a good thing. So I think he's got the right idea. I think he's too early in the game for that idea. Right. Yeah, I kind of agree with both of you. I mean, the what kind of bothered me about the answer is it's very much from a cost and manufacturing, right? Like it's a lot about supply chain and but, but, you know, but, but that's all Elon. That's Elon. I mean, it's all about cost, cost. It's about cost and all of that. So it's like, yes, I don't think anyone's going to disagree from a cost standpoint. It is, you know, it's obviously cheaper to remove sensors. I think from a Solving it problem, though, as Doug mentioned, is probably also easier to only solve it with one uh, with one form of sensor, you know, just having camera feeds and not having to deal with additional signals is like a simpler problem to solve from an engineering standpoint. However, define solve, right? Because there's a certain rate of accuracy. There's always going to be some failure uh, percentage of it not working well. And so kind of this idea of, well, other sensors, radar, LIDAR, whatever, you know, ultrasonics, they can fix some of those error rates and enable you to um, to work past them. But by all, also, though, he's not wrong, right? We do it with just eyes. Does that mean the car can't do it better with just cameras? No. Um, but I don't know. When's it going to be done? Um, and I think the big issue is, right, like we adjust. We can, we can move our heads. We can wipe our eyes. We can do all those types of things. Um, whereas cameras, it's harder to do that, right? They're in a fixed position. But uh, anyway, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I, I guess it kind of echoes some of what we've talked about in previous podcasts where, yeah, it's, it's a, it doesn't automatically make it worse by not having the sensors, but it does limit your modes of input. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's something called risk assessment. And, you know, if I'd be curious what the risk assessment conversation was of removing sensors and leaving just vision or leaving sensors, ultrasonic radar, whatever with the vision. I mean, there's certainly going to be more risk if you take something away and you don't really have a hundred percent replacement ready yet. Right. And the cameras are not a hundred percent ready yet. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I agree that uh, he said car cameras are going to be a thousand percent powerful in the human eyes. Um, yeah, I mean, eventually, at like, some could point, you, could you make it superhuman with cameras for sure? Right. So like, you know, a human eye can only focus on one focal length right at a time. You could have multiple cameras at different focal lengths that are focusing and getting clearer pictures. Well, and you got different uh, bands, cameras can yeah. also can see better at night. So you can have cameras that work really well in low light. You can do infrared cameras like there's there's many opportunities there to be better than humans. 
but for the same cost and the efficiency and all the other things, it's really hard. Man. So anyway, we'll have to, we'll have to see where it goes, but as it stands, I agree with Andre and I wouldn't necessarily remove the things that Tesla's removing, but in the same situation, maybe I'd make that call with the amount of money at stake. Um, and certainly the car should continue to get better and better, even with them removing sensors. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. You could probably, Doug, we could probably throw some aftermarket ultrasonics in your car and, uh, and <laughs> but they're get already a, there. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. You're, yeah. Well, we're get some third party software. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll probably get some third party software to, to light them up again. But, um, I agree with you. It'd be cool to have the ability well, to like see that's an opportunity for sexy added. buttons, you know. Right. The sexy buttons, man. You have a button on your on your on your console there to enable your ultrasonics. We right. need to get them to be a sponsor. <laughs> you, seem so, you seem so convinced Mike, by those Mike sexy really buttons. likes your product. I, well, you you gotta understand. Maybe you should describe what they are for the audience. Not, not I sponsored know. by I, I sexy buttons. Okay, okay. So yeah, sexy buttons. But don't spend not. too much time because they're not a sponsor. Because they didn't pay. So, yeah. so all it is is it's an adapter that plugs in to the uh, ODBC or OBI. Sorry, ODBC. It got computers on it the brain. Plugs into the computer. It in plugs your car. into the computer, and it gives you a series of buttons, literally physical buttons that you can stick somewhere in your car. And you can program these buttons to do various things. You can change the wipers. You can change the fog lights. You can do anything from the from the giant iPad that we call our dashboard interface. You can now put onto a button, and so, so it, it just puts a message on the bus. Is, that's that's all. all it does. It, mm -hmm. That's all it does is it puts a message on the bus. You know, turn fog lights on, turn fog lights off. For example, mm -hmm. do they have like a button where you can like call Devin Miles? And <laughs> put it on the on the roof. There's one for eject. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, it's a man. it's a very simple solution to something that bugs me that there are certain items on that dash I want access to, but they're three levels deep in the menus. You know, yeah. it's, it's a personal thing. You know, what bugs me may not bug you or, or Lewis, but it bugs me. And, and they're so, completely programmable, and uh, they are. What and about the can, look at the button? I, oh, I guess they're they they're, out sexy. they're kind of a triangle do? shape. Okay. They're sexy, obviously. They are sexy. Name. It says sexy. They're actually says okay. sexy when you spell them out. Yeah. All right. So what, what's, the main, what's the main feature that you uh, that you use them for? Uh, I use them for two things. So uh, the butt warmers. I I my wife hates dealing with the dash in the iPad. So mine just set to auto. Yeah. So I've got buttons where she can manually turn her seat butt warmer on and uh -huh. off with a button. That's I nice. use them for fog lights uh, because my car did not have fog lights. I had to add them after the fact. Mm. So this gives me a little more of what I wanted when I bought the car and I didn't know better. You know, uh, it actually, they got a beta right now to preheat the battery pack, which is really useful for me because I do a lot of CCS charging. And the, the, the Tesla software up to this point in the NAV system, you can actually tell the NAV system, go find an Electrify America charger or go find an EVgo charger, but it won't preheat the pack for you. So the only fix up to now is to pick a supercharger nearby, watch the nav system freak out because you're not following the prescribed route and preheat it that way. Well, with this button, I can just push the button, go to my charger and everybody's happy. How, how long should it be preheating? Because I've had it, I feel like it comes on way too early. Like I have a, a stop an hour away I, already. I've actually had, when I was in Tucson on my road trip and it was 105, it preheated for like two minutes and then turned off. 
<laughs> so mm. I think it's dependent a lot on the ambient conditions. When I was in Flagstaff, it was snowing. It was on for 20 miles and didn't turn off. So, okay. So at I, least I it's, it's thinking, it's doing it's, something. It's doing something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Anyway, so next time we cover them, hopefully they'll have uh, sponsored us a bit. That's um, right. <laughs> so, you know, moving, moving on to our next topic, we have some other buzz in the world of empathy. Uh, Actually, before we move on again, recommend listen to that full interview if you do want more info he does it was get good more stuff. it was a very good interview. We'll, we'll link it in the show notes we'll, we'll link it in the show notes um but in the world of fsd and automation and self-driving uh there's a few uh few things that have come up uh one of the biggest in the news is that ford has thrown in the towel <laughs> pretty much they cried uncle Three billion dollars worth of uncle. Thereabouts. <laughs> um, there is a company called Argo AI. It was a joint company by Ford and by Volkswagen. Um, and uh, yeah, they they are okay. shutting it down. Give it up. Them and Volkswagen. Oh well. Well, so um, what did they accomplish before quitting? Um, uh, well, they did lot. not well. accomplish full <laughs> self driving. <laughs> <laughs> but no one, no one really has, uh, except uh, those uh, geofence things. So, right, uh, right. Um, Cruise and Waymo and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah but so, that's a pretty limited rollout. I mean, you know, Cruise isn't Cruise and Waymo. Don't don't they actually just really map the hell out of the area they're in? Yeah, yeah. They use HD maps. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> uh, but you know, no one's driving. No one's in the seat, so you can say that. All right, you know. Uh, All right, we'll give whatever. It that. But it's obviously it's not a solid problem. But yeah, my question is, what did Argo manage to do before they threw burned a lot of money? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not. I'm personally not sure of like how close they potentially got. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly they didn't think it was work close enough to keep going. Um, I know that Lyft was an investor in them, so they were probably hoping to do yeah. some ride sharing. And, and I think Lyft is still has some some involvement. You know, Uber after they after they killed somebody, you know, they uh, they threw in the towel for that. But I think probably that was the right decision. I, I think probably any like, you know, I, I don't know that I can say it makes a whole lot of sense for most car companies that are not. Um, or car driving services that are not uh, Tesla. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. That it's, it's worth even really doing, right? Like you just buy it when it's available, right? right. Buy it, it's like, going to get licensed once somebody cracks it. It's just going to be sold. Right. So if, if, if it's not your wheelhouse to develop that kind of technology, I maybe, you know, it's not that wise to be in it because it's, it is a, uh, you know, we expect to solve it, but it's not solved. So we can't even really predict when it will be solved. So, um, you know, that that's a, that's a big financial risk. And, you know, Ford probably decided not to uh, um, to follow that fallacy of, uh, of good money after bad. And, uh, they, you know, probably a good choice for them. Um, and the fact that they can't do it in a way, uh, if you watch this, <laughs> Kaparthi, interview is, uh, you know, he says something that, that we've observed also that Tesla is able to do this incrementally and do it profitably. I mean, we're all paying for yeah. FSD on some level, right? Or even just autopilot as a, as a level two system. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense for Tesla to keep investing in it because they have our money to do that. They made a profit off yeah, of they, it rather than making a profit off of it as opposed <laughs> to losing $3 billion or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, 
Ford probably made the right choice. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's the same thing that um, Anthony uh, was it uh, Lewandowski mm-hmm. uh, has been saying in the last year or two that you know even though he's the father of self driving, uh, he's pretty much walked away from it. Says it's it's not really doable right now. I mean, the yeah. best he's got is he's got automated dump trucks running in mines, you know, which yeah. is a very prescribed course, <laughs> set and a very, very set path, you know, <laughs> very few variables to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's been an argument over, you know, the past decade, probably and longer even in terms of how to uh, approach self-driving and, you know, is it an all or none thing or an incremental thing? And, and there are risks in doing it incrementally. Uh, the, which is the Tesla approach and that, you know, you can give the driver a false sense of security. And, and so, you know, there are questions about what, what safety <laughs> levels you have there. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm not really sure what to say about that, but, um, but certainly in terms of making progress, <laughs> I mean, Tesla has something on the road and they're learning from that, you know, and so, and so right. they're actually making progress. So, you know, Ultimately, you know, and in, in infinite time, it will be safer and uh, and and will be and will save lives. Uh, it's just the you know the question is what's going on in the short term. Yeah, I mean, there's there's other risks involved, such as uh, the current latest news in the last week of there's another federal government probe into yep. Tesla on FSD and have they been marketing it correctly? And you know, is it is it does it amount to some form of fraud or some kind of consumer, you know, misleading consumers in some way? Um, looking, I, I read the, uh, I guess Reuters broke this story. I, re- I read some of the details around what they had in the report, and it does not sound like it's going to go anywhere, from my opinion, but maybe not. Because um, basically, they need to have some kind of written or digitally written, so email, Slack message, whatever, proof of Elon basically saying that he knows it is, he knows it is not ready yet, but he's still selling it as it, as a way to like mislead people. Like he has to basically admit that he's misleading people intentionally, which (laughs) that's kind of a high bar. That's a, like, (laughs) I don't see that happening. (laughs) Right. Like, I mean, maybe, but I, like, I, I, I kind of take Musk as being a true believer, right? Like he doesn't go out there and say, Oh, we're gonna have it in the next two years if he doesn't actually think it's gonna be in the next. So, two years. so you're saying the George Costanza defense? Uh, it's not a I, lie if you believe it, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, it's. I don't know. That's that's kind of my interpretation of what the probe is looking for. So, um, yeah, I, I doubt it will go anywhere. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, the the current reality has not lived up to the promises of 2016 and on. Um, right. And certainly even in the labeling of the products, um, you know, the, the labels on their own, I mean, you could make arguments about autopilot, but (laughs) like you try to say the autopilot doesn't mean self-driving. Well, I'm pretty sure when they first talked about autopilot, they meant self-driving and, and the only reason they say FSD now is because autopilot didn't do what, you know, what they wanted it to do. (laughs) But, um, 
And so, yeah, even, yeah. But what's FSD, the next term going to be after yeah, super FSD? Super FSD or, or yeah. FSD for real this time. Yeah, real FSD. <laughs> um, so certainly FSD, there's, you know, which stands for full self-driving. There's no getting around that. But I guess they don't really say that. It's FSD beta. It's FSD capable. Right. So it, it I think on their own, they are kind of misleading. You do need to have an educated uh, consumer. I think that the, the Tesla consumers are fairly educated, though. Uh, they do such a barrier for you to be able to, you know, access those features, at least at this point. So I, I, I don't really think there's a lawsuit there, but I can't say that, uh, you know, that it feels super great, uh, you know, with the, at least the way they've been labeling the, uh, the product. Especially with them looking at doing a wider release soon. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Although I would like to point out, we were not, we don't have a segment specifically on this topic, but with FS with FSD beta, we have not gotten an update in over a month, basically. Or, um, or I should say, we got a very minor point update the very beginning of this month. So it's been almost a month. And Elon had talked about version three coming out, or you know, and it hasn't come out yet, right? We were all expecting it soon after. Um, dot sixty nine dot three. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Um, and. So I'm wondering what's what's going on there, right? It seems to be uh, it's taking a while to get the next FSD beta release out. You know, we're, we're talking four well, weeks. Well, you know, Elon is preoccupied with a certain uh, acquisition of another company. Certain so, business, uh, exactly. <laughs> and and that's our great segue into <laughs> Elon becoming chief the chief twit. His words, not mine. <laughs> Please don't sue me. No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. What what are what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I am worried about it being a distraction for sure, but it's, it's it is now official. It's Elon now officially owns Twitter. They've already filed with the SEC. They are going to be delisted from the New York Stock Exchange. They are going to be going private. Um, there's been all kinds of rumors and things, some of which seem to be fairly accurate and true, and some of which are people, you know, going for news headlines. But apparently Tesla engineers have been going through the Twitter office uh, or at the Twitter office going through source code. He's already been firing, you know, fired a number of executives. Uh, he's possibly laying off a ton of employees um, for various reasons. Uh, so what are your thoughts here on this, Mike? What do you, what do you think? Chief Twit, that sums it up. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's going to be a huge distraction. I mean, the, the man's got enough on his plate without dealing with that. And I think ultimately he'll kill Twitter. He'll he'll try to run Twitter the way he runs Tesla, and I don't think it's going to work out in the end. Well, I, I did think it was funny that it came out. Jack Dorsey, you know, the, the one of the founders of Twitter. He's got another social. He's got network. a competitor. Yeah, he's, he's got, got a competitor. He got a competitor in the wings, up. ready to go. And I'm like, man, I like because he was involved with Elon and making the decision and like going along with this. And I'm like, is he like using this as like a way to pump up a new company that he started? I don't know. It's, it's a great way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. E Elon I, free zone right here. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't say I'm a a fan. I. I think, you know, Elon is a smart guy. Uh, I, I'd say more than anything, he's ambitious and he Absolutely. You know, will focus on a problem. Whether or not he's an expert, uh, he will, you know, perhaps study to become one. I, I feel like 
this is one of those spaces where, you know, he, uh, he probably thinks he knows more than he does. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I, don't we all we've been running TNC <laughs> for some years now and, uh, you know, content moderation is not easy and, and having a, uh, uh, an environment where, you know, people can, uh, discuss things without screaming at each other. But, you know, if you, you know, you have to have rules, uh, and at least the way he's talked about it beforehand, uh, as long as it's not illegal, you know, you can say things that's very naive, <laughs> you know, and he has changed his tune a bit recently, you know, to not scare off investors, you know, saying, okay, it can't be just some hellscape <laughs> where you can say anything, but supposedly after he took over, you know, the sort of, uh, you know, bad actors sort of increased, or at least people felt that they could, you know, make racial slurs and, and whatnot. So I don't know. I, I just, I do prefer him not to even be bothering with this. Uh, I kind of feel like, you know, he kind of, uh, you know, tricked himself into buying this company and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, based on just, you know, chatter and, uh, yeah. and tweets of his own tweets. And it is his platform by which he, you know, communicates with people, you know, so right. I guess. He, you know, he, feels, he certainly doesn't want to ruin it. He has all the best intentions to make it better. And he, he's certainly and, invested in it. And he's very much invested in it. He was, you know, he was the single largest shareholder for four. Yep. I don't know if he still is. I mean, they're going private. So there were other investors. He pulled in money from VCs and other stuff. So I don't know where it's going to end up, but, um, well, but certainly not, not just invested in money, but certainly invested in his time as well. Right. Uh, and, and his you know, reputation. He spends a lot of time trying to be funny. But um and but, uh, okay, he's got he's got investors, that's great. But those investors are gonna expect a return. You've got the current client base bailing out because they don't want to run ads on his pla on his platform anymore. That's true. So this this was a fun news point. GM is yeah. no longer they advertising on Twitter. So yeah, he's gonna definitely there's gonna be some of that, but I think they're definitely I will say this. Elon knows way more about the internal workings of Twitter than any of us being he's actually there, has seen the internal numbers. He's seen the things from the outside, though, when I look at it as an engineer, I think Twitter as a technology is incredibly impressive. It's very difficult to build and scale and all of that. However, I look at it and go, I'm sorry, they have seventy five hundred people at that company. <laughs> that sounds like the biggest wasteful organization I've ever seen. Like, I, I can't. Even with how impressive it is of what they've done, what I can't imagine seventy five hundred people would you needing to work the towards to it. Be? From your point of view, what from would my you point of view, something like Twitter, I would say at most you need two to three hundred engineers. Um, I would expect maybe a thousand people most at most for the company if you include every form of support and other kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, a few hundred. To a thousand, I can't like what are 7,500 people plus doing? Yeah, I, I don't get it myself. I mean, I could imagine that many if they were working on new things. I don't know what they're working on. I, they certainly yeah. don't have much to show for it. They um, shut down Vine, they shut down their third party APIs. They're not support, like, there's a ton of things they're not doing anymore. Yeah. I don't know what all those folks are doing. Like, and they, and they could be they could be ruling video. Uh, they acquired Vine. They had their own sort of video thing, and it didn't work out for them. And so they killed it. Okay, then what are you doing? <laughs> where's Where's all that? <laughs> where, where are you going now? Going. So so I, you know, Elon thinks he can make it more profitable than it is now. Sure, 
certainly in the short term, that can't be hard to do, right? Most companies, you can make them more profitable in the short term. Uh, yeah. You just fire half the staff and then it falls apart in, you know, right. in six a, months later, two years. Yeah. But like, so in the short term, I think he'll be able to make it more profitable. Who knows where it ends up going in the long run? But yeah, it's definitely a distraction. Hey, I think he can make it, um, you know, his, he maintains a startup culture, you know? Uh, and so, you know, Twitter is probably, it's been around for a while. They're probably on their laurels. Uh, you know, I've, I've been to the uh, headquarters. It's very nice, but it just, it just feels very relaxed there. Um, right. So I, I certainly is probably going to light a, a fire under their butts uh, and make some people uncomfortable in the process, uh, you know, which may make it a not, a nice place to work, but it actually, that may be more exciting for some people. Um, right. So, yeah, there are some people that enjoy that work environment clearly. So they'll probably lose a bunch of people. They probably gain new people. Although at this point he's basically going to be competing with his own resources, right? Cause Tesla and Twitter are probably going to want similar skill sets in their engineering departments, at least on the software side, <laughs> certainly. Um, whereas like SpaceX software is very different from Tesla software, at least, I would imagine so. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong there. But you know, I, I anyway, it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, where where things go. It's an interesting problem, kind of not that interesting to me. I you know, yeah. if it was up to me, I'd I'd rather you know he since he is very involved and he does kind of micromanage. I would prefer he were you know FSD Starship. You know, these are things that I want to I want to see done. I don't see solving social media as really changing the world, <laughs> you know, he's, he's going to have to install someone at some point, right? Like, like, for example, it, it, again, I could be completely wrong, but what I understand from the people I've talked with that work at these companies and what I've read, Elon doesn't really do much day to day with star uh, SpaceX. SpaceX is run by a COO. She does all the day to day. Mm -hmm. She really drives the company. Yes. Gwen, he was involved Gwen in Shotwell. early days. So, sorry. Gwen Shotwell. Yes, Gwen Chatwell, exactly. So she, so he did the early day stuff for sure. He was very involved. Then when Tesla was getting crazy, he's very involved in Tesla. He doesn't really do that much day to day for SpaceX. He spends, may, I mean, he might spend an hour or two, right, like reviewing or going over things. But COO runs the day to day. Uh, Tesla is really his baby. That's where he spends most of his time. If he's now splitting his time between, like, he's going to have to do something, right? He's going to have to get somebody for. Tesla, or he's going to have to eventually get somebody for Twitter. But yeah, it would be nice if we can focus on FSD improvements. Yes, um, please. <laughs> see where that goes. <laughs> and yes, I completely agree with you, Peter. He made the comment of the uh, old adage, nine women can't make a baby in one month. Yes. Famous mythical man month quote. So, uh, but anyway, so, I mean, hopefully Elon's happy with this decision uh, that he was sort of forced into. Um, but at one point it was his decision. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, right. it was either that or that or making, so yeah. right right all righty so moving on <laughs> to other interesting <laughs> things um we did we did want to mention we haven't talked about this before uh but the uh tesla supercharger voting um so for those that aren't aware <laughs> tesla has a website where you can log in on the tesla site to vote for potential supercharging locations. Um, and supposedly, 
locations that get the most votes yeah. are going to prioritize where they build their next superchargers. Supposedly. Supposedly. I mean, <laughs> I haven't gone back historically and looked at the data, so I cannot confirm that this is truly where they make these decisions. Um, but I don't know, uh, Mike, You, I think one of your favorites or one of the ones you want most <laughs> is actually top of the list right now. You want to talk is. a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So here in Southern California, um, one of the, the tourist areas that's very popular uh, is called Big Bear, Big Bear Lake, about 7,500 feet, 8,000 feet above sea level. Great place to go ski at Snow Summit and, and some of the surrounding areas. Go place to go. There's off-road trails for your cars and trucks and all this good stuff. Um, surprisingly, there's a heavy EV population that goes up there to visit nowadays. Surprisingly, there's virtually no place to charge at the top of the hill. There is a very broken down DC fast charger, 50 kilowatts, that works about a quarter of the time. Uh, and you kind of, you know, you roll the dice and hope it's working when you're there. So most people that have Teslas charge at the bottom of the hill and go up and then they regen on the way down. They bank on that regen coming down. Um, if you've got a CCS car, you can charge at the bottom of the hill. There's a few but there's literally no place to charge at the top unless that 50 kilowatt charger is working. So it's been a very popular topic in the last couple of years on the Tesla boards where we track this sort of thing that we really, really, really would like to see a supercharger up up Big Bear Mountain. And lo and behold, this is what we have. It's the, the Big Bear supercharger request is the number one request right now on this, uh, this little voting page which is kind of exciting to see for those of us nearby. <laughs> oh, although it's interesting, there's a site in Italy that's number two. You know, so that might be a bit more of a challenge to get to, but props to them. <laughs> but yeah, so if you're, if you're interested in voting, um, it's basically tesla.com slash supercharging voting or something like that. You can just Google. You can Google it. Tesla supercharging voting, and you can go to the site and actually vote on a proposed location. Who can um, vote? Can anybody vote? Or anybody you have to have with a you, Tesla well, you account. have to have a Tesla account. You have to right. sign in, and then you can vote. Um, and you're allowed to vote up to five to five, five different locations. Five times. So, yeah. so yeah, I I personally haven't voted. I've been to three or four different superchargers yet. I've yet to use one. Um, again, I don't leave really? my I don't leave Austin, and my car has 400 mile range, so mm, yeah. I only well, charge at my house. Nah, nah, nah. But it's not a 400 mile range. <laughs> so. what, what do you sit at? Do you just leave it at 80% or what do you do? Uh, it's at 90. That's what they default it to now on the on the newer ones. So I huh. just leave it at 90. At home. So you still have lithium ion in yours? Mm -hmm. Okay. And it, it's interesting because down here in Orange County, uh, we've got three new supercharger sites going in that have 20 stalls each. Nice. And that's all within a 10 mile radius. We just had a new one with 24 stalls open about six miles away, which, which already had a supercharger site three miles away at the <laughs> local mall. I mean, Tesla is like saturating this area with superchargers, which is kind of impressive. I mean, and, they, they're definitely making decisions based on trying to help sales, right? People where people are buying the cars, where people are. Well, I'm going to throw something at you too. And you you can tell me, all right. So the newest one that's got 24 stalls, it's in the lower level of a parking structure by uh, Brea Mall. Mm -hmm. It's actually in the city of Brea. They put in 24 supercharger 
250 kilowatt stations. On the flip side of each stand, they've got a destination charger. So there's like 24 destination chargers now with a J plug. So is that Elon's way of allowing other cars to charge? Or, <laughs> or, or are they just being kind? <laughs> um, you know, I... There, there are times where I charge somewhere and uh, I'm going to spend a little bit more time there. You want that slow trickle? Yeah, and I don't want to be charged for occupying a uh, supercharger. For one thing, the supercharger, especially if, if I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm going to be there for a while, but I have a long distance afterwards. Yep. You know, above 80, 80%, it's pretty, pretty slow. Um, right. It's, it's not as slow as, you know, most level twos, but... You know, I could probably afford to switch over to that, and so it's nice to have that that option. Yeah, I, I just noticed that. I was just kind of wondering in the back of my head if that was kind of like Tesla's answer to the government requirement. You know, you have to open your chargers to everybody else now. Well, that certainly <laughs> is. Uh, I mean, the compatibility of that is much higher than than the CCS. You know. No, I mean like your normal person driving up isn't necessarily going to have an adapter for a Tesla supercharger. But uh, I assume those those level twos uh, that you're talking about are J plugs or are they? They are J plug. Yeah. So that's something that someone they're, can plug into. And they're it. rated. I, I think the best we've seen out of them is about 11 kilowatts. Are they Tesla branded? They are Tesla branded. They are a destination charger. Yeah, I, I did notice that they are selling, Tesla is selling like your home charger, yep. but with yep. a, uh, with J a J plug on, it. plug on it. So, um, right. uh, you know, it's nice that they are versatile like that. I mean, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, Apple with a proprietary plug that they're going to keep forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Here, here's your adapter. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's too late yet, but it would be nice if the U S did just kind of move to the, the Tesla plug. I think it's, uh, it is superior to the... They won't, but they yeah, should. They, they should. should. They should. Every time I deal with an EA charger and their stupid super diameter CCS cable that doesn't bend and barely fits to the car, hmm. I just kind of swear under my breath. Makes sense. It's just, it's tough. It's really tough to use some of these chargers. So one last bit of info just to add about this whole voting thing is apparently they're doing these polls uh, quarterly. So... Uh, every three months, they're going to do a voting cycle. So you basically go on there, vote for what you want. And then at the end of that, then there's, they'll do another voting cycle. So just keep that in mind. Got to keep going back if you want to keep voting for the ones you want until you yep. see them built. Um, so make sure you do that. On on the topic of charging, though, we have <laughs> a, a nice another uh, update. Um, Mike has some anecdotal information to share around using the EVgo Auto Charge Plus. Plus. So, anecdotal? No, this is like hard facts, buddy. Hard facts. Well, well, they're <laughs> hard facts from your perspective. No, um, how about you uh, give us a little background on what sure, EVgo Auto sure. Charge Plus is? And then so, so as Tesla owners, we all know and we love the fact that we can pull into a supercharger, and you quite literally park your car, walk over, pick up the cord hit the button or hit the reflector, depends, plug it in and walk away. That's all you have to do. No mess, no fuss, done deal. Everybody else up to now has been kind of, well, you got to have an RFI card, you got to have a credit card, you got to have an app or all the above. You know, it's really awkward. So EVgo for the last three years or so has had something called auto charge for fleets that work much like Tesla. 
plug and go. You just plug the car in or truck or whatever it is, plug it in. It looks at the MAC address of the vehicle, looks up in the database and says, yep, you're good, charge away. They just released that to the real world uh, maybe a week ago or two weeks ago. Uh, it's called Auto It's called um, Auto Charge Plus. Uh, it's a little clunky in the setup. You have to set it up in the app. It's only available for certain cars. Not every EV can do this, and it revolves around the, the idea you have to have a MAC address. You have to have a fixed MAC address so they know how to marry your car to their data. Is it literally a MAC address or just some other they, sort no, of No, they say it's number. a MAC. They oh, say it's a MAC address. Interesting. I wonder where they're getting that from and how I, I don't know. it so that I can charge Mike every time I charge. Yeah, can I Well, one of the articles I was reading mentioned that the security on this is kind of lax. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, spoofing MAC addresses has been a thing for it's a been around time. for a long time. Yeah. Um, so regardless, you have to have a fixed address and certain cars. Like most of the GM cars have it. Fords have it. Um, Volvo's. Toyotas, uh, the Neo, Nero, the Kias, the Hyundais. What's off the list, surprisingly, is Volkswagen. Volkswagen does not have a fixed address, so they can't use this. Interesting. And there's a few others. So you you go into the app, you you tell the app you want to sign up for it, you put in the VIN code, it does some kind of lookup against a database based on the VIN code, says, yeah, you can use it. Now you're pending. So now you have to go to the EV charger, you have to finish the setup with your app at the charger because you're going to tell it which charger you're going to use. It tells you, go ahead and plug in. You've got 60 seconds to plug it in. And it verifies all the information, turns on charging, and that's the last time you have to use the app. Once you've gone through the setup, and I actually tested this, you can actually pull into the EV charger, the EVgo charger, unhook it, open your car flap, plug it in, and wait about 30 seconds, and it starts charging. Um, the official word is it supports Tesla CCS adapter. I've done it with the A to Z adapter. Mm. Since they're passive, it didn't really Doesn't seem matter. to care very much. Yeah, yeah. And I would imagine that's going to hold true for everybody else's yeah, passive so, adapter. So now I'm thinking like, you know, those Volkswagen drivers, they can, they can kind of make a little, a little pass through and add a little chip in there. Uh, as a Mac address to as yeah. a Mac address, clone or, your Tesla. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe, uh, maybe somebody can walk up. Yeah. Walk up to somebody else's car and just go to plug their little device in there to find out what their Mac address is. And then, uh, and then use it moving forward. Uh-huh. Well, for now it works. Would, uh, <laughs> would TMC ban me if I started selling this device on the forum? If you sponsor uh, the podcast, maybe not. If, yeah, if, yeah. You are, if you are doing something illegal, then yeah, I guess if it's if it's uh, this for, strikes me as kind of a gray area. This, well, if you're if you're if you're I'm providing yeah, a device to allow somebody else to do something illegal. Yeah, if if you're trying to promote theft, like theft from yeah, yeah others, right. and probably you're, but you're, if, no, 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 it's to enable a Volkswagen to be able ghosting, to also charge. Ghosting, yeah, that, like if that the Tesla that you also own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so maybe you wanted to charge your Volkswagen using the same code. <laughs> That's as your, right. If that was sure. the case, you know we we. Yeah, we like hacking that helps the consumer, sure. But not hacking <laughs> that uh, if, if it's clear you're trying to like commit theft or something. Hey Mike, like what's your MAC address? No, I'm <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> yeah. So are you able to actually see what your MAC address is, like in the app or anything like that? I haven't dug into it yet. Uh it's 
I should probably plead the fifth on that, but being curious, I'll probably poke around and see what I can see. <laughs> uh, at this point, I'm just glad it's working because mm-hmm. that's always been a bugaboo with, with these other third-party chargers. Um, EVGhost always had issues with credit cards, but their RFI readers has always been pretty reliable, but that's just one more thing I had to carry in my pocket. Right. You know, so it's a bit of a pain in the butt. Yeah. I mean, back when I, I had an i3 as a transition vehicle while I was waiting for uh, a BMW i3 while I was waiting for the Model 3 to finally get delivered. And yeah, uh, yeah BMW is not on their list, by the way. And I, I used to <laughs> go quite a bit back then. And yeah, the reliability was such a mixed bag. I mean, um, the chargers have always worked. It's just trying to get the payment to work. It is nice to see that at least some companies are trying to innovate around how do I make the point of sale system easier and more yeah. enjoyable? Because this whole notion of like, I need an app and I need to do all this oh, is such a pain and in the butt. It's like, Oh, I don't have cell signal. I yeah. can't download the app or, it's, Oh, it's, some of the apps are you know. so bad. I yeah. mean, we've got at the office I work at, we have chargers in the, in the very bottom of the parking structure. Mm. And if you have to have an app with any kind of cellular signal, you're toast. There's no Wi-Fi down there. There's no cellular down there. This app is not going to work. The only thing that does work is the RFI cards. It's it's almost uh, well, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but I was going to say it's it's kind of surprising how well Tesla handled it and how much right they got yep. on the first try with the uh, with superchargers. That you're absolutely um, correct. Uh, I mean, they did promise a lot more than they actually did, but <laughs> but what they actually delivered is. I mean, and you had the rest of the industry is able to see them first, right? So you yeah. think the rest they, of the industry still screw it up. should be able to improve <laughs> on it. Yeah, at least copy right. them and then improve right. on it. No, right. they're they're just like doing something crappy. It's it's uh, kind of amazing. I have to say, I, I've witnessed that a lot in my career of companies going, hey, look at Apple. They built this thing and it's amazing. Let me do a better job and fall flat on their face. Or, oh, yeah. You know, let, oh, so-and-so yeah. did this. Let's try to improve on it. It's like cop. Copying is actually harder than a lot of people take or think, I should say. Well, um, let's qualify that. So, you know, you mentioned Apple. We mentioned Tesla, both very high quality companies. It's very challenging to copy something that's a high quality product to start with. Sure. It's easier to copy a piece of junk that doesn't require a lot of precision. Right. That's so, fair. Yeah, man. Well, that, that's my EVGo story. <laughs> EVGo. So uh, I probably won't ever need it but if i do i'm happy to know that it's there maybe i will set it up just in case do you, um, do you have your uh, ccs adapter yet i do have my ccs adapter there you go yeah got the adapter and all that fun stuff i apparently um, have to wait till next year or something to get the whatever the whatever the upgrade, what, you need the upgrade? just buy the buy the ecu board and the bundle of wires and call it a day uh that's what okay. i did <laughs> maybe i'll just go visit you instead there you go <laughs> oh my, man my wife is convinced i'm going to brick the car in the driveway one of these days you know <laughs> my wife is surprised i haven't already bricked my car um <laughs> yep the uh the tinkering gene is hard to uh yeah, hard to you don't turn that off easily yeah hard to fight Alrighty. Well, thanks so much for the, the chat today. It was great having you, Doug. Sure. We'll see more of you in the future. <laughs> um, and again, thanks everyone for uh, listening. Uh, we appreciate all the support that you guys give us. Love, hate. It's all welcome. 
Um, if you do like what you're hearing, uh, please uh, like and subscribe on the various platforms, YouTube and Spotify and all the various things. Um, hit the little bell for notifications because apparently that helps the algorithm. Um, we, as always, uh, will have more content coming. Um, and we do want to thank all of the folks behind the scenes. Uh, you know, Yay. Danny, Doug's not behind the scenes today, but Doug, Adam, um, Adam um, James, uh, and, yeah. you know, oh, others as they, a whole they float in and out, a whole cast of folks. Um, <laughs> so as always, you know, thanks so much to all of you. Uh, and thanks for uh, hanging out with us. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Jones one. Hey, Jones. Peace sign. Peace, Jones. Uh, Peace out, have man. A good one. Peace out. And uh, see you next time. <laughs> Later.